Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull the chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Austin, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. How's it going, man? Good. Um, Thanos snapped in my office, and uh, half my amiibos disappeared, as well as half the lights. So, <laughs> nah, actually, Did half your amiibos really disappear? No. That would actually be, like, horrible. <laughs> that wouldn't be Thanos. That would either be Abby or... Uh, or, or I lost a bet. Oh, I actually got new amiibos, but I, I'd have to I'd have to get up and get them. Maybe next week we'll look at them. But uh, yeah, I got two <laughs> new they, ones. Are they Smash Bros. amiibos? They are. I only got two of the three that came out because I can't be bothered with Star Fox characters. <laughs> so uh, specifically Wolf, he's kind of a B or even a C character, right? He's not even the main dudes. <laughs> Um, but no, I got Ridley, which when are they ever going to make another Ridley amiibo? And I, but then I went and bought another Splatoon inkling and she, uh, unfortunately looks very, very similar to the first Splatoon inkling that they came out with, uh, inkling girl. So, um, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of broke my pact where I was like, I was not going to buy amiibo that were very similar to others. Um, and I actually, I actually now have three of them. That's a long story of three inkling girls. <laughs> Once for the office, I guess. <laughs> it's at work. I won it in a tournament or something. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, I, still going strong. The Amiibo craze. <laughs> well, they look great on your shelf. It's a great backdrop. But before <laughs> we get too much into the Smash Bros. talk, because that is what we're going to be talking about today, um, we need to talk to you guys about Extra Life, as mm-hmm. always. Uh, so you can go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2018 to support anyone on our roster. Uh, Ryan and I have now hit our personal goals, but we're still doing one more stream. Mm-hmm. It's going to be next Friday, December 21st. Ryan's going to host a holiday Extra Life party. So yeah. do you know what games you're going to be playing on uh, next Friday? Right. So I tested out the stream today. That's why we're a little late. Uh, with the cool like stream elements like Christmas animated. I, I promise though it's not going to be in your face like when we're playing the game. Uh, but I am I'm thinking that uh, I'll probably start off with depending on if there's a lot of people around. I might play Heroes of the Storm because I know they have their Christmas event on right now. Yep. Um, Dead by Daylight has a Christmas event. Killing Floor Two has a Christmas event. Um, I think I might like if there's a is a point where there's a downtime. I might load up super mario odyssey and play with the santa uh costume as well as just stick to the snow island or the snow world mm. so just just planning to like kick back and play some play some holiday theme games because there are a lot of them with all these live games that are coming out these days like they all have a holiday um a holiday themed event to enjoy right so looking forward to those games for sure Awesome. So uh, what time are you, do you know what time you're going to start streaming next Friday? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, 7 o'clock, 7 p.m. Eastern, twitch.tv slash Ryan Murphy CA. And I want I just welcome everybody to, to stop by. We're going to have some fun. Uh, I'm, I'm picking up eggnog. Um, that doesn't translate well over the Internet, but you can watch me drink eggnog. And <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to have, like, again, we talked about this last week, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to have a bowl of uh, candy cane ice cream and, and, and I will... I will have a few scoops on stream. It won't be very long, or I think someone was joking that I'm going to do an <laughs> ASMR. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. not happening. <laughs> if anything, I might do everyone a favor and mute my mic while I'm like eating it. <laughs> oh man, I don't want to do that. It's so weird. I, I, I well, it's not weird. You don't want to do a social eating stream, not your e- thing. To each their own. I just thought like it would be a fun holiday experience. A lot of people are saying that they don't have the candy cane ice cream in in their neck of the woods so that's true it does seem to be yeah it does seem to be a canadian only thing so again that is going to be friday december 21st at 7 p.m eastern Mm -hmm. and if you'd like to donate towards extra life then you can go to bit.ly slash tgi extra life 2018 remember the goals are completely arbitrary so uh just because we've hit them doesn't mean that the kids don't still need help it's still for the kids exactly bit.ly slash tgi extra life 2018 so ryan uh before we jump into the actual games we've been playing you have a book you want to talk about yeah so if you're watching the video version okay oh god this this is uh i should i should actually not talk behind it because you won't hear me through its very 600 pages (laughs) uh this is the legend of zelda breath of the wild creating a champion book if you're familiar with the dark horse series of books uh, it's in that vein where it's this big tome. It's filled with, you know, developer commentary, artwork, 
uh, sketches. So here I'm at the champion section. You can, that's probably hard to I see. I have the old one. I have the, the Historia. Yeah. But so it's, it's, in not, that vein. it's not quite as thick. It's not quite as thick. No, and I don't know, like, as a Zelda fan, I think it's very easy to appreciate any any Zelda game's artwork because it's it's all high-res, it's all sketched, it's all painted, it looks beautiful. But, you know, as someone who maybe didn't enjoy Breath of the Wild uh, as much as I did, I still think this book would be, you know, an interesting uh, to look through. You might actually be able to get, you know, more enjoyment out of the book than... I know Breath of the Wild wasn't your jam, right? So... There's lots of cool tidbits and artwork, uh, environments, characters, uh, reasoning behind like, certain things. Hmm? I feel like I would really like some sort of like an art book because like it was a beautiful game. They made some some really cool artistic decisions when it came to the design of the characters. So, I mean, I I like I liked it enough. Like yeah. I just thought it was like a seven or. Seven yeah, and no. a half out of ten instead of a instead of a ten out of ten like everyone else was talking about. So, I mean, it wasn't that I that I disliked it or thought it was a terrible game. It just yeah, I think it had a lot of flaws that nobody seemed to want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, I think looking back, a lot of people, it's like one of those things that in the moment it's this it's this amazing experience, and then you kind of. I think, think about people it. were stoked for a new Zelda, and then they just kind of that wasn't like, Skyward hey, Sword. New Zelda. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, it's cool because like for, I, I just flipped to a page where they talk about the stables and they, you know, they have the the, the sketch artwork and then they have the uh, concept art and then an in-game screenshot kind of explaining. So, for example, did you know that what the uh, the stables are set up by Epona Company and it's an icon that looks like Epona and it goes into details. There's some developer notes. So it's not just artwork. Um, there was a whole book that was just artwork. I think it was arts and artifacts or something. Mm -hmm. This one has a bunch of details. There's text all the way through it. It, it is sla a, a coffee book slash, you know, developer insight book and kind of the perfect tool. It's unfortunate that it's come almost two years uh, after the game, but it, it's been a great way to kind of remember like, oh yeah, I really, it's actually made me want to go back to Breath of the Wild. I never did finish that DLC, which is kind of a, a crime in the sense that Nintendo already has my money, but um, <laughs> it, it's been really cool to flip through. And I always buy these books and I get about a hundred pages in and I'm like, Oh, I'll come back to it. And then another one comes out and I pick it up. So I'm hoping that I can finish this one before. I don't know what else they do next, but they show like artwork for like, as the concept art, they were trying to figure out what link would look like in this game. So they show off some unforeseen or some never before seen, you know, character art and stuff of, of as they were working through the design phase. So if you're at all a fan of Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, whatever, like this book really offers uh, a great insight to how much work went into just creating that massive game. It was probably the, it's probably the biggest game Nintendo's ever made, right? So mm. it shows very much so in this book, for sure. Very cool. So speaking of Nintendo, you've mm. also been playing Nintendo's newest offering this week, which is Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. So mm -hmm. what are your first because I uh, I watched Matt. Smash Brothers is not my jam. I am really bad at it. <laughs> so I watched Matt play through. He's he beat all of the. Um, yeah. Single player, S I guess. I'm uh, story mode. Adventure. Maybe. Yeah. Um, the the kind of like. The map that you like move through and then you defeat a whole bunch of like there's a whole bunch of different battles that you do to unlock all the characters and spirits and stuff. He beat yeah. all that. <laughs> yeah. So I watched him do that. Well, I uh, he was saying in the chat room as we were playing um, that he had finished it and I'm playing through it. And the biggest we, it's funny. I just joked that Breath of the Wild was the biggest game Nintendo's ever worked on. This Smash Brothers game is huge. And just mm -hmm. the World of Light adventure mode. It is it's a huge overworld map and you start and it says like, okay, you have three paths to pick from. And once you pick one path, the other two lock out for, I'm assuming at an arbitrary amount of time. Uh, and so you progress further in the game and it's this huge map filled with like custom battles and it's, it's just so big. I don't know how he got a, well, I think I know how he got a hundred percent. He just, he just played it a lot more than I did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I've been slowly going through it, and the adventure mode 
is interesting in that like it's all these little custom battles and they vary in difficulty and there are winding paths and specific powers that you can unlock by having specific spirits so for example i came across like a broken bridge and it was represented on the uh, on the overworld map as a well as the art for a broken bridge and then you go up to it and it says like you need a spirit that can fix bridges okay no duh so i'm i turn around and i continue through the game and then you find a spirit it's just a a bunch of axe wielders from fire emblem i think it was like mm-hmm. board cord and bard or something and it says like oh now you can fix bridges because these guys have axes and that's how you fix bridges did you know that jocelyn I did not know that. That seems like the way that you would destroy a bridge, but maybe they can use the axes to chop down wood. No, I think you use the other end of the axe and that fixes the bridge. Ah, I see, I see. Why else would they put it on the other side? I don't know. So anyways, you fix the bridge and then you can you can go on forward and and I think there are spirits throughout the game that you you will unlock to to do different things. I've seen like some some rapids that I can't get across. There's there's other little hazards and stuff, and and as you're going through this adventure mode, uh, you're you're finding fighters that have been. I mean, you saw the Thanos video. He gets they all get snapped, and and you have to kind of unlock them again. And that's the thing about this game is that when you boot it up, all Nintendo's been talking about is everyone is here plus plus. There's a bunch of new characters as well, over seventy fighters, and you get in and you only have eight unlocked, and you're like, okay, how is this gonna work? And really, it's just a matter of playing, just continuing to play the game, and they will pop up every once in a while. But if you unlock them in adventure mode, you also unlock them in the main game as well. So I've kind of been working my way through all these modes across the game, and I think I've only unlocked like 20 characters. But again, like 20 characters sounds like a lot for a fighting game, you know? And I feel like you you unlock the ones like, that you would kind of expect fairly early on. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like the some of the first ones that Matt unlocked were like Mario, Link, like Peach, the yeah. the kind of the standard. <laughs> yeah, I unlocked a, a couple Fire Emblem characters, some Pokemon. Um, I got the new Incineroar. So he's a brand new fighter for this Switch game. And he's a Pokemon from, I think, Sun and Moon. But he's really cool because he's got like wrestling moves. So he can actually grab people and throw them against the ropes. And then if you time your follow-up attack just right or depending on how you follow up you can like duck down and flip them up over you or you can like um clothesline them like it's mm-hmm. really it's really cool like they've uh the new fighters they've added are are quite unique um and <laughs> i mean like you could spend an entire show or two entire shows just going over every little thing in this game and, and i don't think that's that's worth doing especially since i know a lot of folks are playing this game but i really have to appreciate that there's just so much in this game even the spirits that i'm sure you saw them as he was unlocking mm-hmm. them like they're from everything you know yeah. it's insane well, like the very first one that he unlocked was the the little fish from donkey kong country like the the old n64 game sure. you unlock the the swordfish and i was like oh my god that's do you get to is he a fighter <laughs> and matt was like no he's a spirit and i was like oh that's too bad that would have been so cool <laughs> yeah well i it's interesting because, like, as a Nintendo fan and someone who's who's appreciating Fire Emblem more than I have in the past, thanks to Fire Emblem Heroes, I'm kind of going through it. I'm like, oh, I go to the... So it's called the Spirit Board where you can go in and it shows you um, a list of spirits that you can challenge to, to unlock. And I'm looking for specific... It's just heroes from specific, uh, you know, franchises that I like. So there's a lot of Fire Emblem characters, but there's also a lot of third-party characters. There's a lot from Castlevania uh solid um metal gear solid uh i've seen some from some other like random rpgs that that don't even have like i think some old wii rpgs are in there that i saw but it's just crazy how much they've jammed into this and and all the spirits are their original artwork so it's like nes style all the way through to you know concept art from the super nes a lot of the the castlevania characters like concept art it looks they look really cool and I'm just having a blast playing through and unlocking all the characters. And so far, my favorite thing that they've added to the game is uh, their their sort of take on classic mode. So they call it classic mode, but each game, they take that classic mode and they, they, they change it a little bit. And in this one, it's still like fighting a guy, you know, people one after another, sort of in like a tower mode, but 
as you fight through, you pick your intensity to start, whereas before you picked your intensity and that was the difficulty across across the board. Actually, no, maybe maybe in the old games it, it went down in intensity as well. Mm-hmm. But anyways, you can kind of, as you're fighting through, as you win, the the difficulty of that classic mode, you know, ramps up. And then if you if you lose and you choose to continue, it brings the intensity down. So it's kind of interesting how it's on a sliding scale uh, as you go through. I've been really really digging that as well and and some of the characters you take through classic mode have uh special bosses at the end that you fight um oh cool yeah so i mean it's i guess it's a spoiler but like it's it's pretty it's pretty light so if you play as link in classic mode and you progress through it at the end of it you fight uh you know classic ganon so he's in his uh he's in his pig form i think you know Mm. So it was really cool to to play that, and I was, it was a nice touch. But I was like, are they going to do this for everyone? Uh, turns out they don't because I fought as a couple other characters, and, and you end up fighting uh, the classic Master Hand uh, or Crazy Hand, which are the weird glove guys. He's been a he's been yeah. the main bad guy since like the N sixty four days. <laughs> That's what Matt was saying. I was watching a couple of these fights, mm-hmm. and they have one move where they like make this like fist but not a fist and it like drills down into the platform and i'm like wow (laughs) just yeah of all the hand motions nintendo getting a little blue there (laughs) yeah i mean the weirdest one is crazy hand like he does the he has like the two fingers (laughs) i'm making it on video i know and then he he like points his down, but he doesn't like he doesn't like jam his fingers into the ground. They, the <laughs> fingers just like extend, and it it looks like a bug, but I'm pretty sure it's by design. It just looks like they've they you know if, if you've ever done any um work in like 3D modeling or or whatever, um, it looks like you've grabbed part of the anim or part of the uh, 3D model and just tore it and just said, hey, let's make the tips of his fingers over here now. And that's the that's been the weirdest thing about about classic mode. But those those hands have been the bad guys, man, since the N sixty four. I think in the N sixty four it was just Master Hand, and then they added Crazy Hand. I think in the next one. Honestly, it's so weird it doesn't even. Yeah, I yeah I couldn't figure out the the lore around the disembodied hands, but <laughs> it's just I don't know what it is. They did it in N sixty four because it was like toys, so the master hand was supposed to be like someone like a, a person in real life and they were picking up the toys. And then, because when you got, uh, when you got game over, I think the hand would pick you up and throw you back into the game. Uh, but then after that, they started to add like character to it, you know, and made it a real thing. And it was, it, it was, it's hard to justify the hamburger helper logo, like in, <laughs> in your game, but man, Nintendo certainly tried tried their darndest to do it but um the uh, the only downside to this whole experience is the online is not uh not that hot um no which sucks because i bought the i bought the yearly subscription to nintendo thinking like okay i'm gonna pay for it and i'm gonna play smash brothers online and it's gonna work great and i mean to to the to the credit of the game i've only played about three matches um one against random people across the internet and that one had some sort of spots of lag so you'd be fighting and then all of a sudden the whole game would stop and then your input which is a really big deal in smash brothers in a game where people are like concerned about what kind of controllers they use what kind of monitors they use and you Mm -hmm. know like the um level of like latency in the animations and the characters and stuff. I know I've seen a lot of people talking about like a few of the characters got slight reworks, uh, but some characters just now move differently in this new engine or whatever. So if you're that concerned, even about like the um, reach of your character or the movement of your character, then having like online lag in the middle of a match, like that's a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so Kearney in the chat room is saying uh, USB LAN adapter is a must, and I haven't picked one up yet, and I wanted to try it wireless. So the Switch, as everybody knows, doesn't launch with an Ethernet port. I mean, it's a handheld. Um, but if you buy a USB uh, LAN adapter uh, from Amazon, 
supposedly that will help. And I and I had seen that they just released a patch today. Uh, it came out, I think, just as we started recording. And supposedly it does address some of the issues with online. Um, some of the folks were having issues with the fact that they were choosing a specific match type. Um, a lot of people are very serious. You talk about, you know, controller types, but also match types. People are very serious. Like, I've known people who are like, no items, final destination, see you on the field. And it's like, whoa, like, this is Smash Brothers. <laughs> we have to have items. What about Pokeballs? Meet me halfway, you know? And uh, I guess people were upset that they were going into, like, team battles and items were on. And and even after they had set up all these uh, these rules. mm so I think um, I saw in the patch notes that it will priority higher put a higher priority to your set rules, which makes sense. I mean, a lot of folks would probably rather wait longer for a match than play something that they don't find fun. Uh, and then there's been well, some... yeah, that's why you would say like this is the type of match that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Like if I queued in and said like I'm looking for single player no items and i queued into like a team game with items i'd be like wtf nintendo this is not the mode i want to (laughs) play yeah but it is interesting you know the game's been out a week and it's really it's really un nintendo to see them make the switch so quickly like it's been less than a week and and the patch is out and it's like hey you know i mean i haven't tested it but the fact that it even try it even addresses in the patch notes that they're, they're fixing a specific concern people had and I, that bodes well for this game, uh, but I still need to see that online work better for me. I need. I'm gonna try the USB LAN adapter. I'll see if that helps. Um, I mean, I have a fairly strong, you know, router. My wireless is decent, so I didn't think it'd be an issue. But I guess like for fighting games, you want every competitive advantage you can have, and evidently well, and I wonder maybe is still if it that. isn't even you like. Hmm. yeah it could uh, be the yeah, other players it, yeah it could be the other players could be nintendo servers like who really knows but i haven't tried playing it online i i don't know if matt has tried playing online either but um oh. but he's, he's had a lot of fun in it so like overall it's been a good experience you'd recommend it if you're a fan of fighting games oh yeah i mean the thing is for me i was looking forward to this game but i wasn't like actively like buzzing over it like i have been in the past for smash brothers games i kind of felt like okay i'll play it i'm looking forward to it and then i got my hands on it and i just i really haven't been able to to stop playing whenever i get a chance like it usually with smash games you you play it you you play it enough by yourself that you're like okay i've experienced it now it it is now a multiplayer game uh but i'm still enjoying you know the single player components of it so yeah i I highly recommend it if you have a if you have a switch and you've been into Smash games in the past, this is the ultimate version to own. Literally, everyone is here. Even the Ice Climbers are back. And they're the <laughs> best. So, yeah? Yeah, they're really cool. <laughs> I have fond memories of um, the GameCube version and playing the Ice Climbers for the first time. I remember we didn't have the GameCube or the game yet, and we were in Ottawa, and my parents were like, okay, well, you're getting the GameCube for Christmas, but if you guys want, you can... I remember we were in Ottawa, and it's like, you couldn't rent a GameCube where we lived. So we were at my parent, my aunt's place, and it was like, okay, we'll rent a GameCube, and you guys can play Smash Brothers. It was like a couple weeks before Christmas. So like we were visiting our aunt and uncle in Ottawa, and me and my cousins, we just sat there and played Smash Brothers uh, Melee for the whole weekend. It was a blast. So <laughs> I really like Ice Climbers, too. They're really cool. Very cool. Uh, so overall, recommend Ultimate, yay. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, up. you got to get it. If, if you're a Smash fan, you're a Nintendo fan, like this is this is the game to get. And I know a lot of people on my friends list have been playing. So definitely, definitely check it out. Very cool. So uh, I've been playing a sequel as mm-hmm. well. This one is a sequel to a game I talked about. Oh, I guess it was last year. I can't mm-hmm. believe there's a sequel out already. But um, so last year, one of my favorite kind of little indie titles was called Beholder. So if you guys don't remember this one, this is the uh, like set in a totalitarian. Uh, it's all grayscale. There's no color in the game whatsoever, except for red every once in a while. Um, but it's this like totalitarian um, 2D kind of um 
game and what you're doing is you're playing as the manager of a building and your job is working for the ministry where you have to essentially buy on everyone who lives in your building by putting cameras into their apartments and then like listening at doors and stuff. Mm -hmm. And you have to essentially report on any illegal activity where illegal activity is basically defined as everything. <laughs> so there's uh it was it was a really kind of cool puzzle solving and, and fairly well written too mm -hmm. uh story about this about this apartment manager and it was almost like mixed in with like a roguelike because you would get essentially um arrested yourself and dragged away to the ministry to be murdered yeah there were like <laughs> and, uh, there were like certain levels that you had it was like papers please in the sense that there were kind of there were yeah. things you had to balance and um i think it was like in, was it income and then mm -hmm. uh political influence i don't know i i, I played yeah. it a lot but i can't really recall but i i did like that component where there was like a roguelike to it where you tried to get as far as you could but it still didn't feel like every time you restarted like you were being um like it was it was boring because there were these like layers that were uh sort of random occurrences right so it was never right. the same so you had twice. like you had um like limited resources in terms of like number of cameras and amount of money that you had and there were different people that would move in and out of your building and you could have conversations with them and depending on how your conversations would go or how your searches in their houses would go. And it would be different if you search them on the first day that they lived there or the second day that they lived there. So it's like over time you started to figure out like the different paths that you could take through the game and it unlocked, you know, more story options, mm -hmm. more tenants, like, and it was, it was a really, really cool kind of puzzle solvey game that if you ever, you know, stepped a to toe too far in one direction, whether you were like way too into the leader or not enough. So you were like a rebel or if you, you know, like had too much money or not enough money, like those are all triggers to kind of like kill you and end the game. So you had to like walk this really fine line while also trying to solve all the puzzles and, and make it to the end. So Beholder itself was really, really cool. And I was really into it. It was one of my favorites alongside the sexy brutal. Um, they were my favorite kind of like adventure type games and puzzle solver indie mm -hmm. titles from last year. So when Beholder 2 came out, I was like, yes, this is amazing. This is going to be great. And if you liked Beholder, mm -hmm. Beholder 2 is much different. Uh-oh. So, like, not necessarily different bad, but okay. definitely different jarring because I had purposely stayed away from any kind of, like, trailers or spoilers or anything. I'm like, I like the first game. I'm going to get the second game. Speaking of, if you check out on Steam, uh, I actually ended up getting Beholder 2 for about $10 because they were selling a bundle that had Beholder and Beholder 2 in it. But the way Steam Bundles works is if you already own part of the bundle, they give you the bundle price for the other piece. Mm -hmm. So buying like the bundle when I already owned Beholder actually was cheaper than even though the only other thing in the bundle was Beholder 2. That was a cheaper way to actually buy it. Um, but if you haven't played Beholder, Beholder is still really good. So I would suggest getting the bundle anyways. Okay. Um, but yeah, this is it's a, it's a really cheap title for what it is because it is very, very, very well written. But it's visually and mechanically like totally different. So in Beholder 2, you actually work at the ministry. And it's this like murder mystery sort of thing because you show up to work and your dad used to be high up in the ministry. But he, air quotes, committed suicide the day uh. before you got there. So you kind of like walk in. And this is the other thing. It's like a... 3d side scroller almost like so the huh. map is there's like the different rooms of the ministry and you walk from one room to another but everything is done in 3d so you're actually like before you had this like zoomed out view of the whole building and you were like watching people moving around and doing all their different things and you had to move your character like to through the rooms and up with, but, yeah. but you could see the whole building all the time mm -hmm. 
now you move from room to room and you can't actually like move back and forth like forwards and backwards in and out of the screen you can only move left to right so mm. it's like fake 3d <laughs> but all the characters are 3d though um, but they still have like the minimalist like all black character with like just the white eyes like it's the very it's the same minimalist style right. but the writing is so good mm -hmm. that even though it's the super minimalist style of character you still actually like i mean i remember names i never remember names in like any of the games that i play and i'm like oh yeah that person and this person like i know who all these guys are and like and you i call them that guy and that person <laughs> yeah exactly. all these guys. that guy and that person well one guy is like peter dodd and i'm like hey i would never remember that otherwise oh, yeah. like they're just they're really really well written compelling characters even though there isn't even any traditional voiceover like they talk in like um simlish like the it kind of sounds like english or it sounds kind of like a language but they're just kind of jumbled syllables i like it's the, that same style yeah their simlish is good though if it's very mm -hmm. satisfying from what i remember in the first one so they they bring that over to beholder too then yeah it almost sounds like a, a kind of mixture of like russian with like chinese and a smattering of maybe like german like it's this really hmm. weird jumble of syllables and and kind of emphasis that it sounds really cool and it's like it sounds so familiar that like you're almost listening to see if there's like real words hidden in there there aren't but it's just it's a really it's a really cool style and and each character has their own like um i guess voice uh, i guess voice actor so they all have unique and distinct voices it's not just like one dude standing there like <laughs> And everything sounds the same. So when you talk to a different person, they actually sound different, which is doesn't seem like a big deal, but it kind of is a big deal for like literally I got this game for $10 and I think the non-sale price is like 15 So mm. it's a very, very cheap game for what it is. And so the whole idea is you get the job at the ministry, you show up at the ministry and there's like a little mini game that you can do, which is very much like Papers, Please. Basically, you sit down at your desk, you are a clerk, and um, people from the public come up to you and you have to say they tell you their story, and, which is usually like two lines of text you have to read. And it basically said you have to decide if um, it's a request, which is like, do they need something from us? Is it a complaint? They're saying that somebody or something is doing something wrong. Is it they're reporting their neighbor so it's like a, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically like, are they reporting some illegal behavior or uh, have they brought information to the ministry? And then so you have to choose one of those four options to give them the correct form. And then you have to go to, um, you have to send them to the right ministry. So there's six potential ministries that you can choose from. And then you have to send them to an unoccupied room like, so you, you're basically sending them to the ministry that they want to go to. Mm -hmm. And then, so you've got a chart on the side and it tells you like what day it is. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then you have to go through and it'll give you like nine numbers and you have to check. Those are all room numbers and you have to check and see, okay, is room 78 open on Tuesday? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you go to room 78. So it, it's, it's this mini game that you do. And by helping these different clients, you earn, um, reputation money and you spend time so those are your three like um currencies that you have to manage i guess or you're like your three resources so you get nine hours in a day and um work and talking to like co-workers and searching and um like Don't hacking computers you're but you're working what are you doing like you're just working it's a game <laughs> where you work Right. Except well, you're working for a totalitarian like, government, but still, it's, yeah. it's work. I, so, I mean, well, it sounds yeah, like fun so work. Is like, this is the little mini game. So this mm. is the thing that you do, basically, because you still um, at the end of your workday, go back to your house where you have bills that you have to pay. And there's all kinds of different money sinks in the game. It's not just bills, but sometimes you have to bribe people or pay people off or whatever. And yeah, I know. So it. basically, you have to have money. So if you ever find yourself at the point where you absolutely have to have money. Every form that you fill out correctly um, gives you, I think, 50 gold. 
So one two-hour session, if you do them all correctly, will give you 250 gold. So if you know you have a bill to pay, you can sit down, you can play this mini game, and then you'll be able to keep going for another day. However, that, like I said, is the mini game. The okay. main game is very, um, and this is why I say it's like so different than the first one, even though the first one kind of had quests. This one has like quests on a whole nother level. Hmm. You basically have to, you have three coworkers, at least at the point where I'm at right now. There's, I think, four different levels of the ministry. You're trying to get promoted and figure out what happened to your dad. Did he actually commit suicide? Was he murdered? Was it? you know, the state that did it, or was it some other like organization within the ministry that did it? So you're trying to basically like solve his murder while also not being found out because you're, you're not like towing the company line, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so you're like an insider and like a spy for um, the uh, Department of Internal Investigations or something like that. But they're not actually supposed to ever investigate anything. But then it turns out that the head of that department was like best friends with your dad and is like, I've had it. We need to find out what happened. So <sighs> your whole time, like I said, you have nine hours in a day. So time is your resource. Mm -hmm. And you each thing that you do is going to cost you time. So hacking and um, like breaking into your coworkers' desks, uh, having conversations with them calling in different stuff um like all of that takes time and if you run out of time then you you have to kind of go home sleep and go to the next day the only thing i will say is like beholder was like i said a roguelike i don't really know because i haven't yet done anything that would I guess get me arrested right. like i thought I, I ran out of money like i i wasn't able to do some stuff and the game just kind of kept going so you're not so sure I, if there's a fail state then yeah and and which kind of is is one of the biggest differences between beholder and beholder 2 that makes me say like if you like the first one you may not like the second one because they are just vastly different like beholder 2 is all about getting to know your colleagues and exploiting their weaknesses in order to get more reputation because the more reputation you get then you get a promotion i haven't gotten a promotion yet but that's kind of like how you move the game along as you get promoted to a new floor of the ministry you get new colleagues and then it basically seems like because you can either befriend your colleagues and then essentially ask them to step aside in line for a promotion or you can like sabotage them and it seems like the game expects you to sabotage them because there's not a whole lot to do if you like help them out and become friends. I haven't actually helped them out far enough yet to get them to say like, yes, you should get the promotion before me. So it seemed like and but there's only like, let's say, two or three actions so far. And I've gotten to the point where that's kind of like the next logical step. Once I solve the puzzle and find the thing, then like my relationship with them will be at my full like three hearts or whatever and they'll step aside so or i could just sabotage them and there's so much more there because like you find out more information if you're willing to be evil like it's basically like the game expects you to put yourself first because it's kind of the way that it's the way the um, world has been set up right exactly like... it's that it's that every man for himself totalitarian like hail the leader type thing is that they kind of they expect you to always be out for yourself and not be trying to help people and not be nice and so there's more to the game and it's easier if you like play by their rules i guess mm -hmm. <laughs> and that and they kind of lay that out there right away because the guy that introduces you to everyone when you first get there he's like the nice guy that's how everybody um like everyone that's what they talk to like that's what they tell you about him and they just say like oh yeah he's the nice guy he helps everyone blah 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 blah. and it's not really a huge spoiler because it happens in the first like 20 minutes of the game and you see it coming a mile away but the leader kills him like right away and, and it's like oh yeah he was the nice guy you don't want to be the nice guy <laughs> like <laughs> so the game like really smacks you in the face with like you should be trying to screw people over because secretly they're all also trying to screw you over. So, huh. but, I mean, another, uh, so another nice guy like, down the drain. Like, 
yeah, it's this like office politics kind of uh, gamble and you're kind mm. of trying to like take down your boss or get on your boss's good side so he'll recommend you for a promotion. And it's like there's so much more of that as opposed to, like I said, there is that kind of like paper papers pleasy kind of uh, mini game, but that's cool. like a super, super small section. Um, and it's like it's the slowest way to earn gold and it's the slowest way to earn reputation. But it's also the like you can't screw it up part right. <laughs> or like, I guess you can if you if you can't put the three things together correctly. But I mean, you'd be surprised. It, it's not it's not hard. It's really not hard. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's not like Papers, Please, where there's some room for error, like someone coming in and being like, oh, please let me through my or please let my wife through she's missing some papers but we're together and please let her through like is there stuff like that or it doesn't it's sound like it's border like, crossing but no no sometimes it's it's kind of it basically you're just assigning people like they tell you their information and you're assigning them a ministry in a room to go and talk to to get their problem solved so you have nothing to do with their actual problem okay you're just listening to their story and deciding where they should go you're hmm. like the the entry to the bureaucracy at the begin at the beginning of the game. So oh, you're the desk guy. You're, you're the, the desk guy. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You're the desk guy, cool. and you're like basically giving people forms that say I belong in this room with this ministry. So there's like sometimes the wording is a little bit convoluted in the stories that they tell you, but if right. you know what all the ministries do, it's not that hard to figure out. Like there's like the ministry of order which is like basically the law so if it has anything to do with like crimes it's the law if it has anything to do with health then it's the other it's like the oh i can't even remember what the ministry is called now but there's like a ministry mm -hmm. of like health and education and there's culture and sports and you know so it's it becomes pretty easy to assign them right so you um, say it's the slowest way to earn reputation in gold like is it a mini yeah. it's your job right so do you have it's to do it job, every day yeah. uh you don't have to know i've okay. had days where i've just like gone in talked to a few different people used up all my time and then had to go back to my house which again right. i thought might be the like oh you didn't do work today you know the leader doesn't like it when you don't work and i thought that might like get me killed and i'd have to start over or something but it didn't it was just like that's how i chose to use my time that day it's a benevolent so, leader yeah it's it's kind of and maybe if i didn't work for multiple days in a row maybe that would be a problem i'm not sure but um yeah like i said there doesn't seem yet to be any kind of um like death which kind of makes sense because you're much more of like a named character in beholder 2 than you were in beholder in beholder you were just like the superintendent you weren't mm -hmm. joe the superintendent even i don't because i don't even think you had a name i, I think you were remember just now. father you know because you had you were yeah. with your family right and then, yeah, so then they just kept talking about, like, the previous superintendent. Every time, like, you would fail, then you would be dragged off and put in jail or you'd be executed or whatever. Um, whatever the the um, outcome was of the reason that you failed. Mm -hmm. And then a new superintendent would be put in in your place. And then you'd play through all over again. So in this one, like, you have a name. You have a relationship. You have a quest. You have a thing that you're trying to solve. It's all very, like, um, puzzle-oriented, like, lock and key sort of thing. You have to talk to the right person and then have the right item and, you know, to, in order to unlock more conversation options and more quests. But because you are a named character, like, it would be really weird if all of a sudden I got arrested, say, mm -hmm. and then, um, you know, another son of so-and-so red grave who threw himself out of a window happened to show up like yeah maybe, maybe there isn't that maybe there isn't that fail safe and they chose like sort of a narrative is. like a continuous yeah. narrative instead um and it, it's a good narrative like it's mm -hmm. a really good story it's not even just the the characters but from what i've seen so far of the story it seems very complicated and well written in a in a really cool and interesting way not in a like convoluted just to add more puzzles kind of way sure. so I would definitely recommend it. It's a really cool experience. I do find that there is like, so at the beginning, the first floor of the ministry is, I believe, five rooms across. And so like to go to like, you basically need to be in like the far or the second furthest left room 
to like do your job and talk to your coworkers and everything else. So every freaking day you have to run through these three right now fairly useless rooms. And then when you're done your day, you have to run back out these same useless rooms. And I'm sure like at some point that they will factor in. And the fact that I have to like walk through a security checkpoint every day is going to matter later on. But for now, like I wish that there was some sort of like even like fast travel because I thought I'm spending like a minute just hitting the like a key to walk all the way through this building and i'm like this is really kind of like boring and bad design and mm -hmm. i wish i didn't have to do this because <laughs> like the second day there was an event in like the second room and that was like worth seeing but i don't know overall it just it seems like those rooms aren't very well used and you have to walk through them all the time and it's just like time killing like time wasting busy work i guess uh -oh. <laughs> Well, so that I mean... like that's my that's my biggest gripe right now is just mm -hmm. that the the navigation isn't great. But I'm sure that those rooms are gonna are going to um, play a role in in future storylines and future quests and stuff. It's just right now it's a little tedious, but makes sense. That's my only real complaint right now. So I mean, uh, I remember you were over the moon about Beholder, and I mm -hmm. think we found out live on a stream that the second one was coming out, and then mm -hmm. <laughs> I think it was like you you kind of you kind of lost your you shit on that one but i mean it, <laughs> it's awesome that it's out it's awesome that it's a great game and honestly i i've been it's been a long time since i've played sort of a a sim management style i i loved papers please i think i've you know i bought it again i think on you'd iPad. really i think you'd really like this because i know yeah. you liked papers please and there if for nothing else just that mini game i think you'd like this <laughs> and i did like beholder i can't remember i, I think i played a bunch of it i can't remember maybe i didn't play a lot of it i don't know i don't even know if it's if i have it i remember playing it but for some reason it's not in my hmm. I, I do want to check out the sequel though because it, like you said the way it sounds more expanded and there's more to it i think that was mm -hmm. my biggest you know gripe with the first one was that it did it did feel kind of laney like there was just you you progressed you were trying to manage you know like you try to get your son to do okay it was kind of like it didn't feel as satisfying as papers please when you did fail um mm. and it wasn't as weird as papers please as well i kind of like that but this one seems to be you know ratcheting up not only the gameplay but the the story and the characters and yeah. stuff so i'm i'm looking forward to checking it out uh when i get some downtime over christmas for sure and that sounds sounds like a great little game yeah, yeah, it's really, again, so that's uh, Beholder 2. You guys can pick it up over on Steam. It's somewhere around 10 to $15 Canadian, depending on what kind of sales or bundles they've got going on right now. Mm -hmm. And like I say, I, they did bundle it with Beholder. So if you haven't already picked up Beholder, I they like I said, they are two fairly different games, but I still think they're both fun for their, in their own different respects. So the bundle is definitely worth picking up. For sure. Um, so we have a patron ad this week from Simon, who says Weekly News Dash is a podcast all about the geek news this week. You can join your two Knucklehead hosts, Andrew and Simon, as they keep you informed on movies, TV, video games, and books. You can find them on iTunes or at weeklynews.com. I want to remind everybody that if you like TGI and what we do over here, you can go and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash gamersin. Also, don't forget to join our Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord to talk to all the other video game fans out there. That brings us to our topic of the week this week, which is breaking news that came yeah. out just before uh, we started the show. Blizzard has officially canceled both Heroes of the Dorm and HGC, which is the uh, Heroes Global Championships. Uh, that's been canceled for 2019. And they also announced that they're putting the game into, oh, shoot, I can't remember the wording they use now, but uh, a long term Oh, it was weirdly. Um, it was just a it was, it was spin. Yeah. It was a spin cycle. Uh, oh, man, what was it? You're uh, right. Setting the game up for long-term sustainability by moving <laughs> developers off the project. So this yeah. is, a, I think, not entirely unexpected news for anyone who is a Heroes fan. For anyone who is a Heroes esports fan specifically, because. Um, it is now like, you know, halfway through December and there had been no news about uh, Heroes Esports for next year. So a lot of the talent moved on and took other jobs. A lot of the teams, it's actually, it's really unfortunate for the teams and the players because it really mm. kind of hangs them out to dry, right? Well, yeah, it's so, their game, right? Like, what do you do yeah. when they don't have the esports tournament 
for the game you've been training on for the last three years, right? Yeah, and I personally, I feel probably the worst for uh, like the Heroes of the Dorm people because that that was such a great program. And I Mm -hmm. assume that anyone who had like met the or like had won in the past and is still going to get their prizes and stuff. But uh, the fact that you could like play Heroes of the Storm in order to like win your college tuition, like that was a really interesting and unique program. And I'm glad that Blizzard was doing it. So to see it canceled is really unfortunate. But yeah, they basically they've put Heroes of the Storm into like maintenance mode for lack of a better term. And it sounds like they're still going to do events and they're still going to release heroes, but it's not going to be anywhere near the rate that we have seen it in the past. Yeah. Which is really unfortunate. It It is very unfortunate because, again, like, uh, I felt like at BlizzCon, when you look at the games and the announcements behind those games, uh, the heroes announcements were the most interesting to me. As, as someone who has fallen away from Blizzard games over the, the past few years, and I and, you know, I don't claim any specific you know, reason uh, caused by Blizzard. It's more just my personal game time. And, and Heroes was a game I could always jump into and, and find new content. And the, the announcements at BlizzCon with the unique hero and the XP changes and boost changes, all all this stuff that they were looking to do. And I was excited about original Heroes. I thought like, oh man, this is great. They're, they're going to be able to stretch their creative you know, uh, you know, talents, legs, and legs thank you. <laughs> I, I almost said like arms and then that wasn't right. <laughs> your creative no, you, arms. Like you get up and stretch your legs. <laughs> I know, but you don't use your legs to be creative. You use your arms. Um, right. Maybe let's not read into that. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So they're saying like, we'll continue to actively support the game with new heroes, themed events and other content that our community loves, though the cadence will change. So basically saying you're going to get heroes, you're going to get themed events, but they're going to be scattershot, you know, like we used to get heroes every three weeks. We've already seen them trim that down to maybe Mm -hmm. every every month, every six weeks. Um, I'm not as up on heroes, but it has slowed down, right? Yeah, it, it did seem much slower in the past few months and again like i i don't pay that close of attention but um i will say that i have been playing more heroes in the last week i think than i've probably ever played before like so well i guess the past couple weeks because we thought that the uh wonder william mount was going to be taken out of the game so i played that like 10 hour session one night and uh got all the gold i needed for that mount before Mm -hmm. they said Oh, don't worry. There's been so much interest that we're going to keep it in the game for another month. I was like, dang it. Yeah. But uh, and then now they've got the uh, the special event going on, which I've already just and I guess it launched on Tuesday. It's now Thursday. I've already completed it, which oh. I've literally never completed an event before. No, not all as in oh. not a lot of content as in I played like six to eight hours a night since the event launched. Like I, all I've been doing is playing heroes because huh. it's so much fun and the event is so much fun. So it's, uh, it's really too bad that uh, they're ratcheting back on heroes. I mean, we kind of knew that something like this was coming just because there'd been so much silence around heroes, but not mm-hmm. even that. It's just, they have so many, games that they have to continue to support now between things like Hearthstone and Overwatch and WoW. It's just like they're no longer launching a game that is a set experience. It's everything has some sort of component of online support, multiplayer, whatever. Like even Diablo has competitive seasons. Like they're just it's it's these never ending service games that eventually Mm. they need to say you're not making enough money and this kind of the idea of money i think i can't remember if we actually covered it on this show or not but there was an article a few weeks ago that basically was a whole bunch of people speaking anonymously from inside blizzard telling the story of diablo 4 and and Mm -hmm. the whole diablo debacle and the directive from activision that's basically like you guys got to save money we don't care how you do it, but, you know, like, fiscal yeah. responsibility is number one at Blizzard now, which is 
not the blizzard that we are used to not the blizzard that we have kind of grown to love over the years it's a new blizzard owned by activision and so there's a lot of cost cutting measures happening across all and i think that as much as there were a lot of people that really enjoyed hgc i was one of them it was uh, even when i wasn't playing heroes mm -hmm. i you know if i wanted something on in the background on a saturday i would totally flip on hgc like i really enjoyed their talent and i enjoyed watching it but to be honest the numbers were never there for the amount of talent and the amount of production that went into what they were doing every weekend there was there was a lot there it was like full-on sports desk type coverage right but would would not hgc and the hearthstone equivalent be the the first stepping stone towards what is must be very successful for blizzard the overwatch league like would the overwatch league exist if heroes and hearthstone hadn't spearheaded like esports at blizzard right because i'm pretty sure they came before overwatch right yes they did yeah. yeah so i mean i look at this article and like the thing is there's a lot of negative there and they're not they're, they're trying to sugarcoat it um if you're a fan of heroes of the storm this is not great this is not good news at all uh but if there's one thing positive to take away from this whole thing is that it is blizzard and to their credit they do support their games long term like they're not talking life support they're talking this game will continue to exist for basically they've proven forever like they're still supporting diablo they're still supporting diablo 2 and i i believe yeah. that you know heroes of the storm will continue to exist and and be playable and that like right now is a lot of fun so if they're looking to make the game sort of at a state where hey we've got it to where we want it now we're just going to you know, drip feed it extra heroes just to, you know, to get, keep it interesting. But, um, you know, there's still, it's still kind of unfortunate. Like, are they going to trim back the amount of money they're trying to claw to you? Like in that game, like with the boosts and the way you're buying. <laughs> no. Yeah, I know you're like, I know they're not going to, but that's my biggest I concern. I just said that they were trying to find money at Blizzard at the direction of Activision. Why on earth would they give us discounts on anything? <laughs> because they just told us they're not giving us anything for what we're paying for. Like, that's the biggest thing. Like, I, I think that... Well, uh, so the thing is, news like this, where mm -hmm. Heroes of the Dorm and HGC are canceled, and that some portions of the team are being moved. So nobody got fired. I think no. that is kind of key nobody got fired people are just being moved to other unannounced blizzard projects so the team is being moved away from heroes of the storm they're basically it sounds like leaving a skeleton crew behind to you know give us periodic content but uh the cancellation of esports is not really not that it's not a big deal it's definitely a big deal and like i said it was really good content but the vast majority of heroes players are not pro players so day to day playing heroes it's not actually going to impact you and i no. like i can still go into heroes of the storm today and have exactly the same experience and go into quick match after a 10 minute wait and <laughs> have a crappy comp and then lose i can still have that experience whether there's esports or not true um i think the thing is it just like um takes away like a lot of the hype the heroes of the storm stage at blizzcon for the finals was like the most although i will say i didn't actually go and watch overwatch because i think overwatch is really hard to actually spectate but um of like the the wow stage and the hearthstone stage and like the heroes of the storm stage was always packed and the energy in there was insane like it just, it was crazy, crazy. The amount of like live support of like people sitting in the, in the audience and getting really hyped for the, for the esports and stuff. So without that, um, I think interest in the game might kind of fall off a little bit, but I mean, you're still going to have streamers. You still have hero league, like just because mm -hmm. there's no, um, esport, it does mean that a lot of, um, professional esports players will move on to a new game but yeah. i think the people who make a living streaming it are still going to be streaming it i don't see why like they were never playing heroes of the storm competitively in order to try to be an esport athlete they were making money as a streamer yeah they can still do that like the actual game available to us has not changed so yeah, yeah like i mean there's there's silver linings 
to look at this and the, and I get the biggest one is the fact that Blizzard will is saying they're going to support it. But I mean, these, these live games depend on constant content. And Mm. what we're reading here is, is, is a a statement that's, that says the opposite, you know, um, it is starting to slow down communities that, um, yeah, streamers, the game will still be there, but communities that have formed around heroes of the storm that, 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 there are podcasts that do weekly content about the game. What are they going to talk about each week now? Like there are, there are concerns here that just killing esports, uh, you know, for heroes of the storm and cycling back the content that's being fed into the game that affects a lot of people affects a lot mm-hmm. of communities. And it's great that the developers uh, did not lose their job. That would be, that would be just, the the extra shit layer like on the shit cake days, yeah 10 days before christmas <laughs> yeah and and that's i i think that's always Which, been a great thing at blizzard i mean that they to be fair though the basically all of the esports players did lose their job 10 days before christmas <laughs> yeah all the yes you're that is a very good point all the esports uh it goes back to the whole community thing and and mm-hmm. you know people who base their lives around a game um or, or, or their their hobbies or or their pastimes whatever uh, they these esport players the the talent you know the cameramen the the tech work uh, the uh, the panelists I don't know the announcers I guess those folks ha- all have to look to to other games and I think for the players you're right the esport athletes that's where it's toughest because it's like suddenly they've canceled hockey and it's like well i guess i better learn baseball it's like that yeah. doesn't usually work <laughs> yeah you know it's not um it's it's not that easy and man it's just it's a bummer uh it's a bummer to see this because i really like heroes of the storm and um i really like people who have who have you know started to do content around heroes of the storm you know and that's got to be such a big bummer for them because suddenly they're yeah and yeah even then i don't necessarily think that the esports piece is the big piece in terms Mm. of content creation i think that in terms of content create creators the lowing of the release of uh heroes and of events is basically it's like if you were doing a weekly show about heroes of the storm like what even are you going to talk about now like the game isn't going to change and evolve that often anymore and no. that really sucks and like they might have to you know content shows... creator sorry no i sorry i was just going to say that the these weekly shows um might become bi-weekly they might become monthly like that's the other thing we don't know what what that new cadence is going to be. And, and that's got to be the most, the, the scariest thing for a lot of folks that are still, you know, um, you, you know, basing some of their, their stuff around the game. I mean, that's, it's, it sucks, you know? Yep. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what else there is to say. Yeah. Kind of what it boils down to is it yeah. just really sucks. So uh, yeah, that is the, the new blizzard news is that, uh, yeah, again, HGC and all heroes, Related esports have been canceled and the team has been moved on to other projects. So um, they still are supporting the game. So like I said, the experience for you and I at home as a casual Heroes player will not change. But uh, unfortunately, Heroes as an esport, at least supported by Blizzard, is no longer a thing. So that doesn't mean that there won't still be like tournaments to enter. Like if, if outside organizations can get sponsors and stuff, it just it won't lead into any sort of official global championship run by blizzard the way it has in the past so i mean if you love heroes and you loved hgc then maybe um organizing your own hgc is is Mm -hmm. something that you guys can look into i don't know but um, there's definitely space in that ecosystem now (laughs) yeah just freed up Uh, yeah (laughs) man just talk about a, a a bombshell i when i read that like blizzard like we were talking about this pre-show um and i know we're we're trying to wrap up here but uh Blizzard had a weird BlizzCon and then that Kotaku article came out and yeah. and then this news dropped and I'm like, huh, maybe all those people yelling at Kotaku about, you know, reporting news, you know, reporting stuff they know as opposed to all these like, you know, anonymous tips. 
Now, you know, not to give the guy credit, but I think the author was like, remember that article I wrote? Yeah, told you. And it's like, uh, <laughs> their people lost their jobs, man. Like, And then his next tweet was like, but sympathies to all the folks who are affected by this decision. That's your first tweet, not the, you know, check my article for the for the clicks kind of thing. Um, but it's just, it's uh, it's all really, it's all really weird. And I don't know what Blizzard looks like next year, honestly. Like this, these changes that have been happening, like they really are, 2019 will be interesting. And I hope they prove a lot of people on the internet wrong and they continue to be the Blizzard we know and love. Um, but time will tell. Time will tell. That's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, at JossPlays. Brian is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. Video versions of all our episodes are streamed on Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash thegamersin and are available after the fact over on Twitch. If you'd like to email the show and let us know what you think about Smash Bros. Ultimate or Beholder 2, please do so at info at gamersinpodcast.com. Thanks for staying at the Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Yeah.